MOCQ. Radio Emma Talk. This is the Radio Emma Talk World Service. Ladies and gentlemen, willkommen beim Radio Emma Talk World Service. Namaste, good morning, good afternoon or good evening. Aap jahan kahin bhi sun rahe hain, aap sabka Radio Emma Talk World Service pe swagat hai. Wherever you are, you're with Radio Emma Talk. There may be some atmospherics, there may be some there may be some jamming. There may be some oscillation. Woo! But hang on, CQ, we're just going to And now for the next 30 minutes the Radio Amateur World Service presents the Alatra report our friends in radio and contact this is Radio Amateur Hello ladies and gentlemen good to have you tuned in today for another episode of the Radio Amateur World Service This is Jim Salmon with you again and over the next hour we're taking a look back at some of the items we featured since the start of this series of programs back in May 2020, 15 months ago. And this will be the last program for the time being whilst I take a break to catch up on other projects. However, I hope to be back with you on the short waves sometime in the not too distant future. To be honest, This particular venture started as a lockdown project last year and was originally intended to be just for a few months. So to reach program number 15 has been way beyond my expectations. But never fear, I am like the proverbial bad penny and tend to have a habit of bouncing back. In case I forget later, I'd like to thank all of you for your input and support and I look forward to doing this all again sometime soon. Meanwhile, back to today and let's have a listen to a few items we prepared earlier ladies and gentlemen ladies and gentlemen ladies and gentlemen welcome, welcome to radio emmatok this is radio emmatok calling the world calling the world calling the world we welcome your reception reports your wireless memories and your comments send your emails to emmatok 1922 at gmail.com Wherever you are, you're with Radio Emma Talk. Radio Emma Talk. This is Radio Emma Talk. Sie hören den Radio Emma Talk World Service auf Kurzwelle, Mittelwelle, UKW und online. Sie können unser Programm jeden Monat über unsere Sendepartner in Deutschland, Finnland, den USA und Neuseeland hören. Wir freuen uns auf Ihre Empfangsberichte sowie Ihre Anmerkungen zum Programm. Schicken Sie Ihre E-Mail bitte an emmatalk1922 at gmail.com Noch einmal, emmatalk1922 in einem geschrieben, also emmatalk1922 at gmail.com So, back to September last year and we took a Radio Shack journey back to the 1980s. Here I am to explain. And on our friends in radio today, time to revisit an introductory tape produced by Radio Shack probably in the 1980s, and whilst many things have changed, there's still much relevant information on this 20-minute cassette tape. Here's an extract. Welcome to the world of shortwave radio. 
This tape, along with a book listening to shortwave included in the package, will introduce you to one of the most fascinating hobbies in the world. You'll need to go through the book a few times to become familiar with the technical expressions, to know what to look for in a shortwave receiver, and how to use it for the greatest enjoyment. But right now, we'd like to give you a panoramic view of how shortwave works, what it's used for, what to listen for, and what some of the broadcasts sound like. We have a whole flock of people to thank for today's miracle of shortwave, starting back in the early 1800s when Joseph Henry in the United States and Michael Faraday in England experimented with electromagnets. Another Englishman, James Maxwell, theorized that electrical impulses travel through space at the speed of light. And Heinrich Hertz proved this theory in the late 1880s. Today, we use Heinrich's last name to express radio frequencies, usually expressed in kilohertz or megahertz. Regular broadcasting in the United States began in 1920. KDKA in Pittsburgh and WWJ in Detroit were the first regular commercial broadcast stations. And by the mid-1920s, Frank Conrad and other scientists were pioneering shortwave broadcasting. You're probably familiar with radio in terms of AM and FM. You should be. More than 96% of all American homes have radios. More than have telephones or cars or even bathtubs. And most of those radios bring in AM or FM broadcasts, or both. But AM and FM represent only a small fraction of the radio spectrum currently being used for broadcasting. About one-fiftieth, in fact. It's in the other 49 fiftieths of the spectrum that we find the broadcast frequencies that range from frequencies that travel maybe 25 miles to the frequencies that you're interested in, the ones that bring in the shortwave broadcasts from around the world. Let's hop around and see what you might find as you punch in some frequency numbers. BBC World Service, live world today, presented by Sebastian O'Mara. At 5.975 megahertz in the 49-meter band, the BBC World Service, broadcasting from London, might be doing a pop music review to be followed by a serious news program. BBC World Service News is perhaps the most respected broadcast news service in the world. If you want to keep up on European events from a European perspective, Radio Deutsche Welle at 6.040 will give you news and commentary on a whole variety of topics. Of course, it helps if you speak German. This is a German language station. Finding the major stations around the world is pretty easy. Stations like the BBC and Radio Moscow are quickly identified. But sometimes there's no easy way to figure out just what station you've tuned in, especially if the broadcast is in a foreign language. But most stations will identify themselves on the hour, and sometimes they'll do it in English. Another thing to look for is a musical signal. For example, if you heard something like this over and over. Radio Canada International. you'd know you are listening to Radio Canada. Just think of it. As you sit there listening to this tape and flipping through the pages of the book, thousands of signals are zipping by you at the speed of light. Voices and sounds from all over the world, just waiting for you to listen. 
All you need is a shortwave receiver and some electricity to power it. And you're off on a wonderful adventure in the magical world of shortwave broadcasting. Happy listening. And there are still thousands of signals zipping past today. If you're listening to this program online or as a podcast and not familiar with shortwave listening, then why not give it a try? Just pick up a radio with a shortwave band on it, press the SW button and see what you can hear. You may even hear us again from one of our shortwave relay stations. Happy listening. Wherever you are, you are with the Radio Amatalk World Service. And this is Jim Salmon with you back up to date in July 2021, taking a look back at some of our earlier shows. In April 2020, we were saddened to hear the news that Ron O'Reilly had passed away. Someone I knew of rather than actually knew, but I did have the honour to shake his hand a couple of times when I met him at the Marquee Club in London at two concerts by the Loving Awareness Band in the mid-1970s. I was a young and fairly innocent 18-year-old and I remember striking up the courage to ask for a job on Radio Caroline. Subsequent conversations with the senior Caroline DJ at the concert didn't go quite as expected and needless to say, I never got to work on the Mi Amigo radio ship. With the benefit of hindsight and having now read much about that time in Caroline's history, I have to say I have no regrets and am simply happy to have met this inspiring man. Oh yes, and I managed to get the autographs of the band and a couple of Caroline DJs on my Loving Awareness album, still in my album collection 45 years on. So, let's again pay tribute to an inspirational and exceptional man. Welcome to the Electro Report, and today we take a look at the life of someone who played a major role in the development of British radio broadcasting. Irishman Ron O'Reilly was born in 1940 and at the age of 24 became the first to challenge the BBC monopoly and the stronghold of the record companies of the time when he established the offshore station Radio Caroline. During his 79-year lifetime, Ronan was an inspiration to many. Described as a clever man, verging on genius, eccentric, sometimes unscrupulous, a rogue maybe, but a charismatic and lovable rogue. Here's an extract from the tribute programme aired on Radio Caroline on the 20th of April 2020 on the day of his passing. In July 1961, a government commission on broadcasting began its work. Peppered with names such as Joyce Grenfell and Peter Hall, it was chaired by Sir Harry Pilkington. Essentially, it had been tasked with determining whether or not there was a public appetite for commercial radio. It concluded there was not. Ronan O'Reilly was not convinced. I mean, I don't even know who Pilkington was, the glass man or something. I mean, what he's got to do with radio, I don't know. The government report was just complete and absolute hogwash. I mean, they were totally, not 10% wrong, they were 110% wrong. Which, if that is carried across the whole field of government, if, if all the committees that are set up are even half as wrong as that committee was, we're in bad shape. Rodan set up his own radio station and started a broadcasting revolution. The response was typical of a man with rebellion and independence of thought in his blood. Caroline, Caroline, 
Ronan O'Reilly was born on the 21st of May 1940, the third of five children. His grandfather, Michael, was one of the Irish rebels shot dead by British soldiers during the Easter Uprising of 1916. Commemorated for posterity as The O'Reilly, in a poem by Keats, a street near the main Dublin post office was named after him. Ronan's father, Erdogan, more generally known as Egan, was a successful businessman who owned the port of Greenore in County Louth. Ronan was many things to many people. He was a useful snooker player and an entertaining raconteur. His favourite topics of conversation were the Kennedys and John Lennon. He never believed the official accounts of how they died. Once he got started on government conspiracies generally, he was hard to stop. But the project which ultimately defined him, to which he gave the greater part of his life, and for which he'll inevitably be most remembered, was Radio Caroline. He was asked in 1994, 30 years after the station launched, if he thought it had been worthwhile. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's, and it's, it was absolutely worth it to me. Was it absolutely worth it to uh, all the listeners? I think the answer to that would be yes to a lot of them anyway. And it definitely changed the whole radio thing in Britain. I mean, that was, and that was a healthy thing. In 2013, he was diagnosed with vascular dementia and he returned to County Louth. He spent his declining years overlooking the port of Greenore, cared for by his long-term partner in his rocker. Extracts there from the tribute programme presented by Peter Phillips to commemorate the life of Ronan O'Reilly. And if you'd like to hear the complete programme, then visit our website World Service page for a link to listen and also links to other related tribute items. From my own point of view, the story of Radio Caroline and Ronan O'Reilly has always fascinated me and is far more than just the story of a radio station. It is a story of perseverance, belief, freedom and the power of the individual. It is also the story of a station that broke down other barriers. Here's a brief extract of Ronan discussing the principle of loving awareness. What LA means loving awareness, right? Now, you might say, what has a radio station got? What's a radio station putting out that idea? Well, it seems to me that, and, and, and you know, it seems that a lot of people today um, are definitely being pushed in the other direction. Uh, in other words, crime is on the increase, uptightness is on the increase, lack of kindness, lack of concern, lack of care. Take a look around. Hunger, disease, war, a planet full of DA. Yet deep inside each of us, there's a question begging to be answered. That's where the L.A. habit starts, deep inside. Everybody wants to live together, but we can't And the L.A. habit grows and grows, overflowing onto those around you, making them happier, making you happier. Get into the L.A. habit. It's fun living together. Radio Caroline promoting the principle of loving awareness, preceded by a few words from Ron O'Reilly, who sadly passed away on the 20th of April 2020. And as for Radio Caroline, well, as always, Radio Caroline continues. On air, online, on your mobile, this is Radio Caroline.
And this is Radio Amatok with our monthly World Service programme, the last for the time being, while we take a break to catch up on some of our other pastimes. But we'll be back again with more shortwave projects in the future. Back in July last year, we looked at a fascinating documentary from Adrian Cronau about his time as a radio disc jockey in Vietnam. Over to me again for further explanation. And in Station Zonk today, we're taking a look at the origins of one of my favourite films, Good Morning Vietnam, and an extract from a thought-provoking documentary made by Adrian Cronau in 2015 to mark the 40th anniversary of the end of the Vietnam War. Adrian tells the true story of his time in Vietnam and the history of the conflict that divided America. This is not a test. This is rock and roll. Time to rock it from the Delta to the DMZ. In 1987, a film came out based on my experiences as a disc jockey in Vietnam. It starred the late Robin Williams. It was one of the most successful movies of the year, and Robin was nominated for a well-deserved Oscar. My name is Adrian Cronauer. And to mark 40 years since the end of the war, this is the true story of my time in Vietnam and a history of the conflict that divided America. Vietnam, Vietnam. You'll hear some of the music I used to play as a DJ. Powerful news archive. Last week. 91 Americans were killed in action in Vietnam. There's a Viet Cong machine gun in there, about 100 yards away. The United States is indeed at war. As well as memories from veterans who served in Vietnam. He's screaming for his mother at the top of his lungs. When he saw that fire, it all looked like it's coming right at you. And those faces stick with you. They're still here. It was an experience that shaped their lives forever. Well, it certainly did mine. I see trees of green. I have talked to numerous Vietnam veterans, and many of them tell me that they used to listen to me every day and that it was a help to get through Vietnam. What a wonderful world. A fellow soldier said, I wouldn't trade things I've seen, the places I've been, the people I've met over the last four years. I wouldn't trade that for a million dollars. On the other hand, I wouldn't give a red cent for a minute more of it. That said it just perfectly for me. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world, what a wonderful From the documentary Good Morning Vietnam Revisited, that's Adrian Cronau. Whilst it is acknowledged that the original film contained a lot of Hollywood exaggeration and outright imagination, Adrian did spend most of his life in broadcasting and did use the phrase Good Morning Vietnam. And if you'd like to hear the complete documentary, visit our World Service page and program number three 
for audio links. And you can still listen to that documentary on our website, www.emmatoc.com, and click on the World Service section. January of this year was our programme number nine, and gave me the excuse to play the opening of Revolution 9 from the Beatles' White Double Album, and recall the crazy theory of what happened to Paul McCartney. So let's have a listen and hear more about the fascinating world of shortwave numbers stations. Next on the Radio Emma Talk World Service, the Electra Report. This is Radio Emma Talk. Number nine, number nine, number nine, number nine, number nine. Okay, so this is programme number nine from the Radio Amatop World Service, but those of you of a certain age may remember listening to that number nine from a classic Beatles album and maybe trying to play the LP backwards. Of course, today you can easily convert sound to play in reverse on a computer, but back in the day the options were less easy. If you had a two-track and a four-track tape recorder, then you could get this to work, but most people eager to hear this would simply turn off the record deck mechanism and with their finger on the LP, turn the deck backwards. Now if that worked, you would have heard this. Turn me on, dead man. Okay, I'm guessing some of you may be thinking that I've lost the plot, but some of you will recall that this was just part of the conspiracy theory behind the rumour, is Paul McCartney dead? An elaborate collection of clues, supposedly included in Beatles albums and sleeve covers, indicating that the real Paul had been killed in a car crash and replaced by a look and sound alike. Often dismissed as bunkum, the theory is still talked about today. Try searching online and you'll probably hear more weird and wonderful stories about this probably ridiculous idea. So that's numbers in music. And we're also looking at numbers on the radio and the world of the numbers stations. We've previously played extracts from the documentary about the Lincolnshire poacher in programme number two. And here's a snippet from Media Network in 1990. Media Network with Jonathan Marks. If you listen on 3370 or 4010 kHz here in the European evenings at the top of most hours, you'll hear strange voices that pop up on the dial and do nothing else than shout numbers in a variety of languages. There seems little doubt that these number stations are one-way secret agents working abroad get messages from what they regard as home. Messages are sent over the air in groups of four or five numbers, and agents decode them using what's referred to in the cipher business as a one-time pad. You didn't bother trying to puzzle out what the code means. It's extremely secure. In theory, all the agent needs is his or her secret pad and a shortwave radio tuned to the right spot on the dial at the agreed time. No doubt a tape recorder is also part of the kit, bearing in mind the speed at which the numbers are read. Mind you, there's a lot of repetition at different times of the day of the same numbers. It's rare that these stations arouse media attention, but in February 1989, a man posing as a Dutch art dealer was arrested in Colney Hatch, north of London in England. British security officers burst in on the man while he was receiving messages from his shortwave radio. 
A decoding pad was found in the flat, indicating that the agent was working for the Czech Secret Service. Years ago, the spy Jeffrey Prime, who worked at the British Government Communications Headquarters (GCHQ) in Cheltenham, later admitted to getting his instructions over shortwave radio. But on Thursday, the 31st of May this year, this particular spy station made its last broadcast. It turns out that that German language number station on 3258 kilohertz came from East Germany and was run by the former Stasi secret police. Considering that they should have been disbanded some months ago, it's amazing that the Gong station, let's call it, went on for so long. Intelligence sources say it was used to reach around 7,000 people spying for East Germany, mostly operating in West Germany and neighbouring countries. Five thousand of the spooks are lying low, despite an amnesty offered by the West German government. So far, only two hundred of those have owned up. That leaves around two thousand operating elsewhere in Europe. Herr Markus Wolf, the legendary East German former spy chief, was quoted recently as saying he believes that some of the spies have been recruited by other intelligence operations, notably the KGB. But he doesn't think there's been any wholesale recruitment. Another fine production from the excellent Media Network with Jonathan Marks, and there's a link to the complete program on our website page. Another intriguing number station, or perhaps more correctly, an unusual sounding station, is transmitting today 24 hours a day. UVB 76 is more commonly known as the buzzer and can be heard on 4625 kilohertz upper sideband. Here's a brief description. From an online investigation by Truthloader. Have you ever heard of number stations? Now, the first time I heard about number stations was a number of years ago when someone pointed me to a number station broadcasting from Russia. Now, what is a number station? Well, part of the reason they're so interesting is because nobody knows. Regardless of what you think of modern pop music, the airwaves of your local station are probably more listenable than one of the incredibly most listened to stations on the internet. Why so remarkable? Because the catchily titled Russian station MDZHB, formerly and better known as UVB76, broadcasts almost nothing except this. Yes, this extraordinarily creepy station has been blasting beeps on shortwave radio almost non-stop since 1982, and in recent years has become something of an online sensation, picking up at times 200,000 regular listeners. And it's inspired conspiracy theorists online, some of whom suggest it's part of a secret radar system, or perhaps even part of some doomsday device. So, what's the truth behind UVB 76? Well, more educated theories abound. Paul Beaumont is co-owner of Enigma 2000, a radio group dedicated to tracking radio oddities and so-called number stations. He thinks the station may be a so-called dead hand system, which is just about as spooky as it sounds. Maybe a worse scenario: a nuclear war was to start, then buzzing would would stop, and the message was changed and alert、uh, people with a need to know. As to what to do, where to go, or、um, you know, look for an alert system or something. It's something that's left over from the Cold War, 
heavily buzzes away because nothing's happening and uh, occasionally passes a message. Intriguing, sinister, scary, definitely fascinating and all part of the experience of tuning around the shortwave bands. Here's a recording of something I picked up a few months ago when tuning in near the 31 meter band on 9155 GHz upper sideband. Obviously another number station, apparently from Cuba, named by some as station HM01, also known as the Cuban Lady. But why? For what purpose? Your guess is as good as mine. Perhaps this is just another piece of the mystery surrounding the numbers stations. On medium wave, short wave, DAB, online and anywhere else we can think of, this is Radio Emma Talk. Ending that item there with the Cuban lady probably still sat in her radio studio reading out a long list of numbers and some people say they can't understand the fascination of shortwave radio. Now that's been a common theme running through all these world service programs and you've probably guessed that for me radio is still as intriguing as it was 50 years ago. Granted things have changed but there's still much to wonder at and much to be amazed at but all in all there is a wonderful variety to tune into. One of the constants for most of my radio listening time has been the arrival of a monthly magazine from a group who share my passion for radio and, in all honesty, far exceed my dedication to the hobby. Let's jump back to programme one for me to explain. Another interest for me for much of my life has been radio listening, also known as DXing and I'm still fascinated with picking up a shortwave radio and tuning through the bands. You never know for sure what you will hear. It could be an international broadcaster from the other side of the world, or maybe a European station closer to home. Or, of course, you may tune through the ham radio bands, or hear data signals or Morse code. And if you're lucky, you may find yourself captivated by a secret numbers station, or even the Russian buzzer UVB76. Whatever your interest, there are radio groups of like-minded people, and one in particular deserves a mention, the British DX Club. Established in 1974, BDXC has consistently produced an excellent monthly magazine called Communication, which gives a wealth of information on all aspects of broadcast DXing. Here's further details. If you're a DXer, then you should join BDXC. BDXC produces an excellent monthly magazine called Communication, often running up to 60 pages covering the world of shortwave, medium wave, and FM. 
plus radio stations in the United Kingdom, the most comprehensive directory of radio stations in Britain and Ireland. For more information, visit the website bdxc.org.uk. That's bdxc.org.uk. The British DX Club, the number one DX Club in the United Kingdom. And here in July 2021, I'd like to again send my greetings to all members of the British DX Club and indeed members of all DX Clubs worldwide and a big thank you for publicising this little radio programme over the last 15 months. And this little programme is the Radio Amatoc World Service with me, Jim Salmon, today introducing myself with snippets from previous programmes which are all available to listen again via our website. Last October, in Programme 6, we had a look at SDRs, Software Defined Radios, how to use them and what to listen to. You can contact us by email, emmatoc1922 at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Next on the Radio Amatoc World Service... The Electro Report. This is Radio Emma Talk. On today's Electro Report, we're taking a look at SDR radios, and in particular, online SDRs which are accessible to everyone at no cost. I've recently revived my interest in shortwave listening, and whilst I have reasonably good amateur radio equipment which lets me tune into the shortwave broadcast bands, Unfortunately, as with many others, I've found my home location now suffers from significant interference across the bands, mostly generated by electrical systems and electronic gadgets. There's little that can be done to remove this interference, and I don't want to restrict my radio listening to when I can take a receiver to the middle of nowhere away from the noise on the bands. However, there is now another option which opens up a whole new world of radio listening, and also gives the ability to tune around from different locations. SDR radios, software-defined radios, use computer software systems to process radio signals and expand on the workings of a normal traditional hardware receiver. I won't be going into the technicalities of these computer systems, to be honest that's far beyond my basic computer knowledge, but what I would like to introduce you to is the far-ranging capabilities of SDRs which are now available online. If you wish, you can buy your own SDR and link this to your computer system along with readily available software. A basic SDR for VHF and UHF can be obtained for as little as £10, and an SDR covering multi-HF bands, including shortwave broadcast bands, will cost around £100. This is a very reasonable cost, but unfortunately will not get over the problem I started with – interference across the bands from electrical noise, because you will still be using this in the same way as a normal radio with an aerial attached. However, with the ever-increasing advancing technology and the generosity of enthusiasts willing to share their hobby, you can now tune in to online SDRs based all over the world, many of which are in good, noise-free reception areas. You need an internet-based system, and basically your computer or tablet or phone will take you to the location of an online SDR and you will be able to tune around the bands. So not only do you have the advantage of likely clearer reception, you can also experience tuning around from a different location, a bit like taking your shortwave radio on holiday and listening in. 
A couple of examples of what I've been able to listen to recently via online SDRs are Unique Radio Australia from Gunnedah, New South Wales and KLO 1430 in Salt Lake City, Utah. Here's Unique Radio received on an SDR approximately 100 kilometres from their transmitter site on 3210 kHz. And here's 1430 KLO, recorded from an SDR in northern Utah, USA. Sometimes music is the only thing that takes your mind off everything else. Unforgettable, 1430 KLO. Timeless classics are back on the radio. This is Unforgettable, 1430 KLO. The music of your life is back. This is Unforgettable KLO. Ogden, Provo, Salt Lake City, 1430 AM. CBS News starts now. Now, of course, many stations today have Listen Online provided through their websites or radio players, but online SDRs give you the opportunity to actually tune across the bands just like using a shortwave radio, some including medium wave and long wave, and so you can also listen to some of the more interesting transmissions between the bands. Again from the Northern Utah SDR, here's a transmission on 9155 kHz, a Cuban numbers station. Hang on a minute, that's that Cuban lady getting in on the program again. Now, if you're like me, then you can probably listen to a list of numbers being read out for hours on end, or a repetitive buzzer sound for hours, but it's probably best not to subject others in your household to the same thing, because they just may not get it. In December last year, we played two radio events from two stations thousands of miles apart, both subjected to unwelcome invasion and both handled with incredible restraint and compassion by the presenters on air at the time. Whilst emerging from very different circumstances, these recordings illustrate the power of radio to convey extreme circumstances. Let's listen again to the Electra Report from programme number 8. Next on the Radio Amatok World Service... The Electra Report. This is Radio Emma Talk. Today on the Electra Report, we're taking a listen to two dramatic radio events from the 1980s, which both make for captivating listening. Whilst there are some similarities between the two, it has to be said that the first event, although a calmer broadcast, could easily have escalated into a dire situation with far more extreme consequences, whereas the second event may probably be considered a different level of importance but has a similar level of drama from the point of view of the listener. So, first let's listen to the FIBS, the Falkland Islands Broadcasting Service, on the 2nd of April 1982 with presenter Patrick Watts at the point where the Falkland Islands radio station 
was taken over by Argentinian forces. Well, um, now, the, the situation, as you might hear, is that the radio station has now been um, taken over. Um, we have three Argentine members. Uh, we have everything uh, recorded in two tapes. Yes. Okay. Right. Well, yeah. just a minute. Okay. Okay. Go you, ahead. you wait a minute, please. We've been taken over the radio station, um, as expected, by the Argentine invasion force. I still hope that we can get His Excellency the Governor's message to you, um, sir. What What do you What do you want to Do you want to to speak to the people? Um, what okay. do you want to tell? Uh, tell the people to wait. Uh, turning on uh, their receivers. Uh, to wait some minutes. Uh, in some minutes, the chief. Is going to communicate them what we are going to, what we want uh, for the for the population. Well, just a minute. If, if you take the gun out of my back, I'm going to transmit that to you. If you take the gun away, but I'm not speaking with the gun in my back. Well, there's an argument going on now between the three Argentines. They've disappeared. They've left me alone in this room. They have an argument between themselves. Hello. Yes, sir. So, yeah, I've just been taken over by the Argentines. Well, yes, okay, sir. They've gone and gone into an argument now. Yes. Right. Well, um, His Excellency the Governor is is on the line now, and he's going to speak to you before we have to play the Argentine tapes. Yes, sir. Go ahead, please. Uh, hello, uh, uh, Councillors and Islanders. I hope that you can hear me on the phone. The machine here doesn't work. Admiral came along to me and I told him that he'd landed unlawfully on British sovereign territory and I ordered him to leave forthwith. He refused, claiming that he was taking back territory that belonged to Argentina and it was Britain that was unlawfully in possession. Ladies and gentlemen, the population of the Falkland Islands and whoever else may be listening, the radio station is now under control, as you know, of the invasion forces of Argentina and therefore we have to obey the instructions of these forces. At this moment I've been instructed to play for you a tape. Uh, I don't know what it is, so I'm going to play it and for you now. A partir del día de la fecha, 2 de abril de 1982, inicia su transmisión LRA Radio Islas Malvinas para toda la República Argentina. Extreme drama and an amazingly calm, level-headed and sensitive presenter. Of course, the history of the invasion of the Falkland or the Malvinas Islands is well known and many of us remember the build-up to the actual events and the final conclusion, but I have to say that I have not previously heard that recording, so my thanks to the team at Wavescan, including Jeff White and Ray Robinson, for including that item together with far more information in the recent edition of Wavescan number 606. And I'll put a link to the complete programme on this edition's show notes on our website at www.emmatoc.com. So to the second dramatic radio event, a few years later, on the 19th of August 1989, and closer to home at the North Sea South Falls Head, where the radio ship Ross Revenge was anchored. For the majority of the normal listeners to Radio Caroline, including me at the time, driving off on holiday with my family along the M6 motorway, what happened shortly after midday was totally unexpected. Let's listen to extracts from when the station's chief engineer interrupted their normal music programmes. This is uh, a special announcement from the Radio Caroline ship Ross Revenge 
At the moment, we have a large Dutch tug, the Bolands, whose intentions are not clear, but which seem to be, they seem to have the intention of taking this ship from the high seas. I'm speaking on behalf of the crew and the broadcasters on the vessel Ross Revenge. At the moment, on our starboard side, we have the Dutch tug, the Volans, which seems to have the intention of taking this ship, the Ross Revenge, from her mooring in the international waters um, at the South Falls Head. Um, we'll try and let you know what's going on as the program continues, but I have an idea that events will move very quickly. It appears that we are now being boarded by a Dutch tug. We are being boarded by a Dutch tug. Representatives of the Dutch government have just boarded the Ross Revenge. At the moment, one of the people that's come aboard has been violent towards our engineer. We haven't a clue what's going on at the moment. All we can uh, say is these guys are definitely not here to take photographs. No, and... Uh, at the moment we have the uh, DTI standing by at the rear of the ship. They are not at this stage appearing to do anything. Uh, we're going to make inquiries whether or not uh, they are going to allow this behavior. As I say, there has been some violence and it's on behalf of the, uh, it's, it's the Dutch people that have been doing it. We'll uh, get back to you. Right, in the meantime, let's uh, send these people a message from us. Here are the Beatles and Caroline, and all you need is love. Love is all you need. Uh, we've got Nigel Harris with us. Nigel. Yes, um, we have been now boarded by the Dutch uh, authorities. We are in desperate need of help, and they are to shut the station down and take us all off. Right, um, if, uh, if we are in international waters, this is a breach of uh, this vessel's right to be here. And... Um, I uh, desperately plead for help. We need help now. So please, anybody who is uh, listening, anybody who is in authority, anybody who thinks they can do anything at all, please help us. This is Radio Caroline, anchored in the international waters of the North Sea. We are currently being boarded. We've got just about, well, not quite everybody in the studio at the moment, but we've got a fine crew here. Uh, what's the latest news, Nigel? The, um, the authorities are on board now, making their way to the studio. Right, this could be the end. We wish you... We stay as long as we can. We wish you a lot of love. We've been uh, here since 1964, Easter Sunday 1964, and hopefully someday Radio Caroline will be back. In fact, I feel sure that we will. Please keep listening. Loving awareness is free. Is free. Is free. A good question. Do you know what it's like to be free over the uh, over the years since Easter Sunday 1964? We have known what it's like to be free. And uh, the only trouble um, about freedom is that it scares a lot of people, particularly the people who themselves are not free. And when they see freedom, the only thing they can think of to do is uh, to try and stamp it out. And uh, Radio Caroline refuses to be stamped out. We will be leaving the, uh, any moment now. The uh, boarding party are finding their way to the transmitter room and they are going to dismantle all our broadcasting gear, take the studio to pieces, dismember the, dismantle the generators and then incapacitate the ship totally. Um, um, they will also be taking staff with them 
uh, but I'm not too sure exactly how that one works at the moment. But they are now making their way downstairs. We will be going off there any time. Nigel, this is the saddest day of my life, and I think it's going to be a sad day for a lot of people. Yeah. I know, but um, we, we just can't fight them. There's too many of them. They have a type the size of the Ross, and uh, it's not the end, I'm sure, although it's easy to say that. Radio Caroline, we love you too much to leave you forever. Please keep tuned uh, over the weeks and months to come to uh, our frequencies. And I feel sure that uh, you will hear something in the not too distant future. Disc jockey Chris Kennedy there, and shortly after those words, the various transmitters on board the radio ship were turned off and dismantled, and the signals from Radio Caroline remained silent for a while, but as in so many times throughout their history, they returned to the air a few months later, helped by donations of equipment food and records from many of their loyal supporters. Interesting to note that during the raid their reaction was to send a message to the uninvited and unwelcome intruders, all you need is love. Of course over 30 years later Radio Caroline is still on the air and their radio ship is now anchored in far more tranquil and welcoming waters here in Essex, a fine testament to all those who have worked to keep the station alive. And if you're interested in finding out more about the legendary Radio Caroline, there's a link to their website on our show notes. And in case you're wondering what you're listening to now, this is the Radio Amatoc World Service with me, Jim Salmon. Hello to you and thank you for tuning in. Yes, thank you for being with me today on this, our programme number 15 for July 2021 from the Radio Amatoc World Service. Our final extract today comes from programme number 10 in February of this year and I guess reminds me of one of the reasons for starting this Radio Emma Talk project. A few years ago, I purchased a book by historian and radio enthusiast Tim Wander entitled 2MT Riddle, The Birth of British Broadcasting and became fascinated by the story of probably the UK's first regular licensed entertainment broadcast station, 2MT. Let's hear from some of those actually involved with the setting up of 2MT back in 1922. Next on the Radio Amatop World Service, the Electra Report. This is Radio Amatop. February the 14th, 1922 was an important day in the UK as far as the history of radio is concerned. On this day, a small group of young Marconi employees working from an outpost of the Marconi Company in an ex-army wooden hut in a waterlogged field in Rittle, turned on their transmitter and despite a low-key and somewhat inauspicious start, began a radio journey that was to evolve into the birth of light entertainment broadcasting and the formation of the British Broadcasting Company. Led by the gifted, irrepressible and irreverent Captain Peter Pendleton Eckersley, Wireless Station 2MT went on to set the foundations of much of what followed. Let's take a listen now to some of the people involved. I remember my brother Tom, he was winding, very black too, with very green wire. And I looked at it and I said, what are you doing? Oh, he said, this is wireless. And the whole tactile feeling of that lovely thing so engrossed me that I said, well, I must be a wireless engineer. You made a wireless set, and then it suddenly became alive, and shattered of everything that ever was, and people boasted. Actually, I got Station Zonk in Czechoslovakia while I was upstairs changing my shirt with the phones on the kitchen table. 
the voice of one of radio's great pioneers, Peter Eckersley. Today he's far from a household name, but back in the days before the BBC had even been conceived, Eckersley was radio's first real star. When the BBC was born in November 1922, he was its first chief engineer. I've often thought of those early days, and of course one gets captured by nostalgia. But at the same time, I do think that before administration and organisation overtook the BBC, there was a certain naturalness that although it was perhaps not so beautifully regulated, not so suave, so polished, so dressed in spats as it may be today, nevertheless there was a spirit that came over of people trying and of possibly not succeeding which to me, as a listener, is much more exciting than almost anything else. Noel Ashbridge was another young man closely involved with the Marconi experiments, who, like Eckersley, later rose to the top of the BBC's engineering department. America had opened the world's first broadcasting station, KDKA, East Pittsburgh, in 1920. But, of course, nobody in Europe ever heard it. In fact, listeners heard little but more signals as they twiddled the knobs of their sets with occasional telephony tests or a concert from the station at The Hague. At last, it was announced that a wireless telephony programme would be permitted once a week for half an hour. The station chosen was Rittle with a power of half a kilowatt. I happened to be in the Marconi Company at the time and um, we inhabited a place called Rittle, uh, a hut, long, low hut full of long, low people. And we had a wireless transmitter and we were eventually appointed by the Radio Society of Great Britain to do this thing called broadcasting. Hello CQ, hello CQ, this is two Emma Tuck, two Emma Tuck, this is two Emma Tuck calling. We hurriedly hired a piano from the nearest shop, three and a half miles away, and in due course we went on the air, quite casually and without any cheering, Britain's first regular broadcasting station. While Eckersley and co were having great fun in an army hut in a field outside Chelmsford, in the heart of London, a more formal broadcasting structure was beginning to take shape. And I think it cannot be more sufficiently emphasised that that pioneer adventure was born in laughter, was nurtured in laughter and died in laughter. The voice of Peter Eckersley there, an extravagant, irreverent and somewhat contradictory character also the inspiration and genius behind the programmes from 2MT and a very fitting way to describe any station or project. To be born in laughter, nurtured in laughter and to die in laughter. Radio Emma Talk. Precisely. Radio Emma Talk. Precisely. Radio Emma Talk. Precisely. This is Radio Emma Talk. Next on the Radio Emma Talk World Service, contact. This is Radio Emma Talk. And so we're fast approaching the end of today's programme. But as always, we have time for just a few hellos to listeners who have made contact over the last month. So let's start by saying hello to Richard Lemke in Alberta, Canada, who tunes in regularly to our transmissions via WRMI. Always good to know you're listening, Richard, and thanks for all your support over the last 15 months. Staying with transmissions from WRMI in Okeechobee, hello to Gregory Marcinski in Otisville, New York, 
tuning in to 5950 kHz. Thanks very much Gregory for your kind comments and hope you're picking us up loud and clear today. Over to Newmarket, Virginia and greetings to Joe Petchy, another one of our regular listeners, receiving us well on a Texan PL330 with just the normal whip antenna. Brian Taylor from Ridge Springs, South Carolina. Hello to you and thanks for your music choice, which we'll hang on to for any future request show. And also hello to Gary Scroggins listening in Columbus, Indiana on 5950 kHz with a strong signal, a simpo of 55555. Hope you're getting similar reception today, Gary. And finally, for reception on 5950 kHz, we send greetings to the Howe family in St. Albans, Vermont, and a special hello to Stephen and daughter Lily, who were tuned in to our June programme. Thanks very much for the detailed report, Stephen, and I hope Lily is able to listen again with you today. Oh yes, I'm pleased you enjoyed the trance music programme, Stephen, which, as you indicated, is a progression on from the electronic synth-pop music of the 1980s. And finally, two reports in for transmissions via channel 292 on 6070 kHz. We say hello to Lucia Botto Fiora in Rapallo in Italy, listening in on a Grundig Satellite 500 attached to a 16-meter outdoor dipole antenna. To Kostiantin Pravatorov in the Ukraine, again one of our regular listeners. And thanks Kostiantin for the recordings. And final greetings for this time go to Lu Dacheng, who has sent us a report from Zhejiang province in China and who was listening via an SDR receiver in the Netherlands. Thank you very much for your report and it has been wonderful to receive emails from all around the world. So, to all our listeners, past and present, can I send you my heartfelt thanks for making the last 15 months of programmes so enjoyable and worthwhile. Can I also say thank you to our broadcast partners who relay our programmes and allow us to be heard in many wonderful places across the globe. It's been a pleasure to be part of your programming and whilst we will be absent for a while, we will be back with more radio shows before too long. I have mentioned before that I am extremely grateful to all listeners who email us and I'm also conscious of the fact that you may be listening in parts of the world where internet access is not possible. So if this applies to you and you would like to write to us by traditional postal methods, then our mailing address is as follows. Jim Salmon, Radio Emma Toc, 25 Helston Road, that's the number 25, Hotel Echo Lima, Sierra Tango, Oscar November, Romeo Oscar Alpha Delta, in Chelmsford, which is Charlie Hotel Echo Lima, Mike, Sierra, Fox, Oscar, Romeo, Delta, with a postcode of CM16JF, that's Charlie Mike 16 Juliet Fox, in the UK, Uniform Kilo. For those of you writing in, I will reply with QSL details. And that, my friends, brings us to the end of today's Radio Amatoc World Service Programme. Thank you so much for listening. And keep an eye on our website for news of future programmes. Enjoy your shortwave listening, and I look forward to being back with you at some time in the future. Until then, from the sunny city of Chelmsford, where it all began, I wish you all the best, and until the next time, au revoir and goodbye. (laughs) 